Eagles-Giants this Sunday in New York at the Swamp. They call a stadium. We're going to talk about it next on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. You're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And that's right, it is Eagles Giants Week. Unleash the hate. Tell you, there's four games that I look forward to more than any other throughout the course of every Eagles season. It's the two against the Cowboys and the two against the Giants. Hate them both. Hate them both with a passion. And uh, so I always get an extra little extra juice. A little extra juice this week. You probably hear it in my voice. I hear it in my voice. I can feel it. So we're going to spend the next half hour or so. I don't even know if I got a half hour. I, I really, you know, a lot of these games I got to write notes. You know, I write take notes and all that kind of stuff. Just so I make sure I highlight some points. Certain games, I don't need any notes. This is one of them. No notes necessary. It's going to be all off the cuff, which is kind of how I like it the best, really. So thank you all for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Make sure if you take a second, just one second, and hit that follow button or subscribe or whatever it is, depending on the platform you're listening to. Make sure you take just that one second and hit that button. Really appreciate that. So you don't miss any more future content at Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. This is episode 101. My last episode was 100. Did a little bit of a celebration. And uh, so here we go. We're on our way to 200. And uh, glad to have you along the way. So the New York Giants were once giving their fans some aspirations that maybe this could be the year that they get back into the playoffs. We all knew that they were aided by a cushy schedule. They started with a 7-2 and two record. I've said all along, if you listen to my pod, past podcasts, I've said Giants, it's a figment of their imagination. This team's just not that good. They are better. Granted, they are better than past seasons, but really, how much does that say? I mean, at the end of the day, okay, they're improved, but they're not seven and two. They were never seven and two good. I've said it all along. Um, they had a couple of fluky wins, maybe not fluky wins. That might be the wrong word to use, but lucky wins, fortunate wins. You know, a lot of close games that they just happen to hold on to. I think the Tennessee game was it that uh, I think it was the Tennessee game. I forget now. Um, which one it was where they – no, it was the Jacksonville game. They stopped Jacksonville at the one-yard line at the end of the game. 
uh, I think it was Tennessee, the opening game of the season. They should have probably lost that game, but they, you know, they came out and won, went for two. Give them credit. I mean, I do give the Giants some credit. They are improved, but they're not anywhere near the Eagles level. And you're going to find that out if there are any Giants fans listening this weekend. I think the uh, Eagles going to put the proverbial boot in the ass come Sunday. Um, but we'll see. I mean, there's a part of me that always knows that these divisional games are battles to the end. They're knock them out, grind them out, close games. Typically, I agree with that. And I said, I actually did say, if you go back to the second Washington game, that I was, um, I was a little concerned about that game. I just had a bad feeling about it, I guess. Um, I, I did think the Eagles would still win, but I just, I don't know. I had a feeling that game was going to be a little, could be a little interesting. And, uh, it was Now the Eagles really shot themselves in the foot quite a bit in that game, turning the ball over four times. So, and then they ended up losing by a touchdown. I mean, I know it was more than that, but they had that ridiculous touchdown at the end when the Eagles were trying to, you know, making one of those, uh, plays where they're just passing the ball around and just trying to score and they fumbled and Giants got a, I mean, uh, the Redskins got, or the Commanders got that cheesy touchdown at the end. Really, that was one touchdown game in a game where the Eagles turned the ball over three times prior to that last one. Anyway, I digress. I just feel a lot different about this one and we're going to talk about it. Um, so I guess we'll get right into it. I was thinking if there's anything else I wanted to mention, but that's pretty much it. We're going to go through the uh, injury list, as we always do, for these games. The Eagles are relatively healthy. I mean, for the most part. Uh, it, it We don't know for sure yet, and probably we'll find out really any minute now, as I'm on the air right now live. But uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be probably announced if uh, Avante Maddox will, in fact, be activated for this game. He was activated for the 21-day window, practice window, so he's been practicing. Um, but he hasn't officially been added to the 53-man roster as of this minute. Uh, we expect that to happen. But uh, until it does, we don't know if he's uh, 100% good to go for Sunday or not. Uh, my assumption is at this point that uh, he will be out there, and that obviously is going to help our defense for sure. Um, but as far as the Eagles' other health situations, ironically, and this is kind of interesting because we did see him leave the game after being uh, out for four weeks, uh, Jordan Davis is not on the injury report at all, which is kind of puzzling. You'd think he'd be on there a little bit. I mean, came, came back from that bad uh, high ankle sprain, which we know takes a little bit more time than than really – uh, the four or five weeks that he was out. Um, and we saw him limp off the field in pain uh, last week, and yet he's not even listed. So I guess we'll I guess we'll just assume he's perfectly fine now. I don't know. I don't think he is, but at least he's on the list. Uh, so for the Eagles, uh, this is as of yesterday. Again, there's no update as of today, which I was kind of hoping to have before I hit the air here. But um, – Sean Bradley uh, did not practice. Apparently, he's got a hamstring problem. He did not practice yesterday. Uh, I would say he's probably doubtful to play. Um, don't quote me on that. I wish I had Friday's update. I don't have it at this point. Uh, but uh, I would say we may not see Sean Bradley. He's he's more or less a special teams guy, so we know how our special teams have been. 
So any type of loss on the special teams could uh, be a factor. Um, I would say he's probably doubtful. That's just my call. I don't know that for sure, but the fact that he didn't practice yesterday kind of leads me in that direction. Uh, by the way, we also know that Kaiser White and uh, Quez Watkins left the game last week, both with injuries. They were full go in practice yesterday, so um, I expected both of them to play. Anyway, the only one I had a slight question mark was maybe White, but the fact that he's good, he had an ankle, and uh, Quez Watkins had the shoulder. I, I knew Quez was going to be okay, um, but, um, you know, it appears that because uh, your White is also going to be good, so that's awesome. And uh, it's going to be another week, I think, for until Goddard's back. Uh, Goddard, I think, has a, a chance to return. I think it's next week. I want to say it's next week. We have to double checking that, but uh, the Eagles are starting to get a little more healthier. Now, as far as the Giants are concerned, uh, out for the game are Josh Azidu, who's an offensive lineman, uh, Adoree Jackson, cornerback, knees out, offensive line, Shane Lemieux, uh, with a toe is out. Leonard Williams is doubtful for the game with a neck injury. So that would be a big loss for the Giants if he's not able to go on Sunday. Now, I, I'm not ruling him out. I think he's a guy that if he can play, they're gonna they're gonna play him. But if he's for some reason he's not in there, uh, that's a big loss for the Giants on the D line. So uh, we'll have to watch that and see if we get a um, again by the time um, I uh, post this podcast, uh, and maybe by the time you hear it, that call may already be in play as far as if he's going to be playing or out for the game or not. And then questionable is Saquon Barkley who appeared this week suddenly on the list with a neck injury also. So I don't know what's causing all these neck injuries there in uh, in Giants town, but uh, I expect Barkley to play. It doesn't seem like it's going to be something that's going to keep him out for the game, but something that is worth uh, keeping an eye on. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I think that is it as far as uh, injuries. So, I know the Giants have got a lot of guys out for the season. And the Eagles, again, without Goddard, and uh, which is, you know, a huge loss. You don't know how to have a Goddard in any game. But they've been able to manage so far without him. And, um, you know, we'll see how things go with the Giants here on Sunday. Now, my overall thoughts in this game. I think I have a good feeling about this game. Like, typically, like I was saying earlier on, you know, I, I feel that these games are pretty much usually tight games. And it doesn't typically even matter what the standings are, what the what the records are, I should say, not the standings, what the records are for either team. Usually it doesn't matter. Whether it's the Giants have a great record, the Eagles play them, play them tough, and vice versa. Or if they're both good or both bad. You know, it's usually games that are uh, battles to the fourth quarter. This one may very well end up that way. It wouldn't shock me at all for the reasons I just mentioned because they typically go that way. But there are certain times and timing, I guess, of the season where these two clash or just games in general, not necessarily Giants-Eagles, where I have either a, an opinion where I feel very uncomfortable about the game and concerned. And on the other side, I feel very confident. And for this coming game against the Giants in New York, it's not in Philly, it is in New York, I am feeling really good about this game 
this uh, this weekend. I, I just think that the Giants are not going to be able to match up with the Eagles uh, really anywhere. I just don't see them having an advantage anywhere. The the only time the only th- I'll say this. Let me take a step back. If Daniel Jones is able to have these scampers for 40-yard runs and gashes for 50-yard runs like he's done in the past, the Giants will stay in the game. I would hope the Eagles learn their lesson and will keep an eye on Jones so he doesn't have these long-ass runs during the game and they can contain that. I do think that, the, you know, Barkley is – is I respect Barkley a lot. I think he's he's actually one of my favorite running backs to watch play in the entire NFL. Uh, it's tough for me to say that as an Eagle fan with the Giants, but uh, it's just the truth. And, uh, you know, I don't hold anything back in this show. I'm always uh, full disclosure here. Uh, if for some reason Barkley is able to get going and, you know, having uh, one of those Barkley-esque games of his, then, yeah, the Eagle, the, the uh, Giants will stay in this game uh, and hang around. I don't see it happening, though. I just don't. I think the Eagles have really... I think their D-line has got the message that they needed to get their ass together, act together, uh, and start stopping a run. They were gashed earlier in the season, even midway through the season, they were getting gashed in a run. They're still not, you know, but but they just shut down Henry last week, the week before they they, they shut down the back. And, and it's been, um, I just really think that they've really addressed that. Now, if, if Barkley is able to uh, run well this Sunday, then you know those concerns will will start to come back again as far as the Eagles, and uh, and you know stopping the run. I, I feel that they've made the moves now, and Jordan Davis is also back in the lineup where they didn't have have him in, out there for a month. That and and also the acquisitions that they made with uh, Sue uh, is just really not only motivated Fletcher Cox, here's the guy, and maybe that's the biggest difference. Like Fletcher Cox, the guy that I was down on towards the end of last season, and for good reason. I thought I felt that he was just out of gas, taking plays off, and just, you know, and I, I hate saying, you know, being critical of Fletcher Cox because he's an all-time great eagle, and he's but there's a lot of wear and tear on his body, and that's my, where my criticism comes from. It's not really, I guess, criticism. It's just the reality that Fletcher Cox – is just not the player he formerly was. But this year, especially since they brought in this uh, relief on the defensive tackles with Sue and, and Jordan Davis, and being able to rotate him uh, out and him, he's not to play so many plays, Fletcher Cox is having a resurgence over the last few games. I mean, he looks like, you know, very close to the Fletcher Cox in his prime, which is another reason why I just feel that I don't know if Barkley is going to be able to to run well against the Eagles. Now, we'll see. I mean, Barkley is an elite, you know, at times he's an elite running back. And uh, I actually is a guy that I cheer for also uh, as a uh, as an Eagle fan, believe it or not. I just, I just like Barkley. He's just one of those guys in, in the league that I like. So um, I, I also just give him credit for battling back from his major injuries that he's had in his young career because, you know, before he was injured, he was, he was on his way to, I mean, who knows what. And, uh, he still has that type of ability. He's a he's a strong guy and, and runs fast and he's got all those elite skills you look for in a running back. So uh, I guess the long and the short of it is, and I'm really kind of uh, elaborating too much on the fact that, you know, with Barkley, but he's a factor. Outside of that, outside of Barkley having a big game, which I don't see happening, or Jones being able to run because I don't, I don't fear him passing the ball at all, not with this defense, not with this secondary. 
uh, and not with the wide receivers that he has to throw to. That's the other thing. You know, they've had a lot of guys that have been injured, hurt, traded, whatever. I mean, they just there's not much for for Jones to work with Daniel Jones. So you factor that in, plus the momentum the Eagles are playing with, coming off a, a physical tough game last week and just blowing out the Titans. I kind of see the Giants similar to the Titans, where they got a good running back, right? There's the star of, the game, of their team is the running back, right? Henry with the Titans, Barkley with the Giants. So-so, I mean, I definitely think Tannehill's a better quarterback. Not a lot, but better than Jones. So they even have a better quarterback, and they both have terrible wide receivers. And they both have good defenses, right? Good to above-average defenses, right? Very similar to the Titans. Eagles absolutely blew the doors off last week. And um, and didn't even play their starters in the fourth quarter. Okay? So that's why I'm really – I kind of see a lot of similarities between the two teams. And since the Eagles dominated so much, I just I see them dominating again. What can I say? I'm I'm trying to keep my bias aside. And you know, those of you who've been listening to this program all along, if I feel that the Eagles might lose a game or reasons to criticize, and I give a, I give a score prediction at every game, I'll tell you if I think it's going to be close. I'll tell you if I think the Eagles going to lose. I got no problem doing that. But I'm telling you right now, I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked if the Eagles somehow lose this game against the Giants this week. I don't even envision it happening in in really any scenario. I just don't. I think the Eagles are going to pound the Giants this weekend. I I don't see a competitive game. I don't. And it may be competitive maybe after the first quarter or so. It might take the Eagles a while to figure things out a little bit. But I think once they do, this game's over with quick. That's how I see the game. Uh, now, if I'm completely wrong, I'll be eating a lot of crow in the post game. Uh, I have no problem doing that. I just don't see it happening. I'm not going to be concerned about even having to do that. Um, no, I'm, I'm trying not to be overconfident. I really am because I know these Giants and Eagles games. I've lived through a lot of them. So I know it's just almost automatically, well, this is going to be a battle. You know, it's going to be a scrappy game to the end and, you know, field goal win it as the time's expiring. I don't see it happening. Not this one. I, I just don't see it. I don't see the Giants with the ability to hang with the Eagles. I just don't. Now, their coaching's much better. Um, their team's improved. They're not the, the doormat Giants of the past. I'm not trying to say they are. I do think this could be a game that gets away from the Giants. Definitely. But that's not because necessarily that they're worse or as bad as they've been in the past. I just think that they're running into a buzzsaw. I'm just kind of it's more of that than anything else. Uh, and I just don't think the Giants right now have the uh, weapons to keep up with the Eagles' offense, either defensively to stop it or offensively to counter it. So yeah, this may be coming off as being overconfident, and uh, I'm definitely confident. Overconfident? I'm not sure if I go that far. Definitely confident. Yes. Uh, I think the Eagles will win this game by at least 20 points. So I'm going to put a number on it right now. I've got this game around 33 to 10. You know, 33, 13. Something like that. That's how I see it happening. Now, I don't know what the weather is supposed to be on Sunday. I guess it might be a little rainy. If it is rain showers, depending on how much it's raining, that could 
you know, temper those scores down a little bit, make it a little bit closer, you know, take the, uh, and I think it would favor the Giants if that's the case, because, you know, the Eagles uh, air attack might be uh, compromised by some wet weather. But the Eagles have been able to run the ball too, so it's like they'll just go to the ground game, and we know how good the Eagles ground game can be. So, again, I, I'm very, pretty confident that the Eagles will score 30 points or more. Um, upper 20s minimum. I just, again, I, I can't see the Giants keeping the Eagles off the scoreboard. And I think the Eagles fans will have a you know decent amount of uh, the travel wells, you know, and I think the Eagle fans will be there. Um, I'm not saying they're going to take over the stadium or anything like that. It won't be like a Washington situation. But uh, but I think there'll be a good amount of Eagle fans there. Uh, although, you know, the Giants being still in the playoff hunt, I'm sure we'll still have, uh, uh, obviously, uh, the large majority of the fans there. It's not like the Eagles fans will be anywhere close to taking over that stadium. It's not what I'm saying. If the, but uh, that has happened in the past when the Giants have been bad. But um, at least record-wise. So I just don't see the Giants, even though they're an improved team, I don't see them as a good team or, or really much of a threat for the Eagles this weekend. Um, and uh, uh, I think the keys to the game are A.J. Brown, uh, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, continuing to beat Jalen Hurts. Now, I forgot, about, I forgot to talk about this. There's one other, besides Jones having some you know, long runs or Barkley having a Barkley type game. The third factor actually is one that might be play the biggest role out of potentially making this a closer game than I'm foreseeing. And that would be Jalen Hurts struggling uh, in his young career. Uh, I don't know if Hurts has really played a good game against the Giants. He seems to have uh some of his worst performances that I can recall in his career against New York. Uh, I think last year he turned the ball over a bunch of times, fumbled it. I think once or twice got picked off. So obviously turnovers matter. That's what happened to the, in the commander game. If the ball, if the Eagles, I mean, it's kind of almost like <laughs> understood just as a, you know, of course, right. If you turn the ball over, you, you know, you can give yourself a shot to lose or it's going to be a closer game. So, but the Eagles this year have not been turning the ball over. Hertz has not been turning the ball over. Uh, and as long as they don't turn the ball over, uh, my prediction is going to be, I think, pretty pretty much in line with what the final score and outcome of the game will be. Uh, so, again, I'm looking at around 33 to 10 Eagles, something around there, 33, 13, something around there. Maybe they get an extra field goal. Um, and I just expect uh, the Eagles to keep on rolling. Keep on rolling. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Email us at uh, petwg at gmail.com. Again, petwg at gmail.com. Email us and let us know what your thoughts are on the uh, upcoming matchup between the Eagles and the New York Giants. Um. Cowboys, got to keep our eye on them. We play them in a couple of weeks, Christmas Eve, as a matter of fact. Um, they play the Houston Texans, so they're going to roll over them, no problem. So we don't have to worry about uh, Dallas potentially losing. Uh, they're going to win. 
And so the Eagles need to just keep keep it going, you know, like I said. And uh, Minnesota, of course, for the overall number one seed and home field advantage. They got kind of a light schedule the rest of the way, too. I think they play Detroit. But otherwise, they got uh, they don't have much difficulty along the way. They could very well end up the season with only two losses. So the Eagles really can't afford to skip up more than once because they do hold the tiebreak over Minnesota having beating them. Uh, so we'll see. So they got to worry about the Giants. I'm sorry. Was that a Freudian slip? Was it? I guess we'll find out Sunday. But what I was about to say is they have to worry about the Cowboys for the division and the Vikings for the overall number one top seed in the in the league. Jalen Hurts, by the way, won the NFC Player of the Week for the second straight week and uh, continues to make his push for MVP. We're going to talk more about Hurts, I think, um, maybe before the next game because I really want to drill into his numbers a little bit more. I'm not prepared to do that on this podcast. But uh, I really want to put his the, the year that he's having in perspective as far as just how great he has been this season. Um, it's really remarkable, some of the things that he's he's done. And, uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to come around to start praising Hertz. I've been very um, on the fence about him. Now, I've talked a lot about a lot of the qualities that I like about Jalen Hurts, and I did right from the beginning, right from the get-go. His leadership, his tenacity, his uh, will to win, his work ethic, and his drive, and his team-first attitude, all of that is what you want in your quarterback and in your leader. And he has had all that from the beginning. Now, as far as the other areas that I had a little bit of question and concern about, was what I talked about. And those of you who've been listening to the program for a while know this, but I'll just say it one more time because it's been a little while. I was concerned about his um, his uh, quick um, quick to run out of the pocket. You know, he was not given uh, – he was not, you know, reading the field and spending time really reading the uh, routes. He was quick to escape. I think he was kind of – seeing or sensing false pressure that wasn't even really there, just anxious to get out of the pocket and try to make a play and scramble around when he really didn't need to at certain times. That was one issue I had. That has been vastly improved this year. His down-the-field accuracy in, term, in terms of throwing the receivers open, I talked about that. Like he always was kind of waiting for the receivers to be wide open, and you can't do that in the NFL. I talked about that, and I said he needed to improve on throwing the wide receivers open. Man, has he done that this year. Uh, it's been a huge, that's probably been the biggest leap that he's taken. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mentioned how he just needs to, th- you know, throw to the left side of the field and over the middle more. And he's done that. You know, rather than everything was being rolled out to the right last year. If you remember, everything was, all the big plays, especially that Hurts made, was all rolling out to the right, scrambling and throwing it downfield or running downfield. It was, you know, like defense is going to, Pick up on that and shut you down if that's if that's going to be the game your game the rest of your career, that'll end soon. And uh, he must have worked on that, and the Eagles must have identified that too. I mean, I figured they would because I'm like, look, if I can if I can see what what Hertz is doing, 
uh, cutting off half the field. And then I'm just going to have my defense just shut down the right side of the field, knowing that that's what hurts comfort spot is and uh, comfort zone. And, uh, and that's, that's what he, that's what he does. So he got in front of that and obviously is spreading the ball around, throwing receivers open, not being this quick to escape the pocket. He's hanging in there in the pocket, making those tough throws. He runs when he has to. He's smart when he runs the ball for the most part. Um, he has been, he's taken all of those steps that I have was hoping that he would. Cause I have been, um, while I've been on the fence with Hertz, I've been, um, certainly supportive of him as our quarterback. I just, um, was reserving final judgment until I saw if he was capable of, of making these, um, taking these, uh, steps that he has. And, and maybe not even that, I think he was always capable of taking the steps. I just didn't know what his ceiling was. You know, I talked about that too in previous podcasts, right? Where I had no doubt that hurts with his, uh, work ethic and his drive to be the best that he can be, that he would get there. There was no doubt in my mind that he, that I knew he would work to get there. I just didn't know how high that ceiling was. I knew he would reach that ceiling. I just didn't know, hey, was the ceiling, you know, you can't see me, but, you know, was it here or was it, and I'm obviously raising my arm up, or was it up here? Where was Jalen Hurts' ceiling? Well, his ceiling was far higher than I think a lot of people thought. And, uh, you know, he's in the MVP race for a reason. And if he continues to play the way he is, you know, been playing all season, the Giants are all but done come Sunday. Thank you again for tuning in. Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. The Eagles will roll on Sunday. Look for a 30-something to 10, 13, whatever victory to go to 12 and 1. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you in the postgame on Sunday evening. Eagles, Giants. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.